this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to another episode of the hindus in focus podcast i'm zubeda hamid your host for today for anyone who drives a vehicle in this country the nightmare scenario is the same an accident involving another person india has one of the worst road accident rates in the world In 2022, the country reported over 460,000 road accidents, with over half of these taking place on national and state highways. Clearly, road safety is an area of huge concern. Recently, new provisions related to hit-and-run accident cases were brought in under the new penal code, the Bharatiya Nyaya Sanhita or BNS. These provisions, however, evoked massive protests from truck drivers across the country at the beginning of this year. Truckers said that the penalties were unfair, they imposed very heavy fines and jail sentences and did not take into account the many issues on Indian roads, the bad conditions of the roads, lighting and visibility factors, mob violence in some cases where accidents take place and the behavior of other motorists and pedestrians on the road itself. The protests only ended after the Union Home Secretary said that these new provisions would only be implemented after consultation with transport bodies. So what are these new provisions for hit and run accident cases in the law? What constitutes rash and negligent driving now and what are the penalties for it? Do the laws need to take into account contributing factors to accidents and does there need to be a graded system for penalties? We discuss all of these and more with Professor G.S. Bajpai, Vice Chancellor, National Law University, Delhi. Welcome to the Hindus in Focus podcast, Professor Bajpai. Thank you. Professor, could you talk to us about the new provisions for hit and run cases under the Bharatiya Nyaya Sanhita and how do these provisions differ from those in the Indian Penal Code? Yeah, of course. So, section 106 sub clause 1 of Bharatiya Nyaya Sanhita actually provides that whoever causes death of any person by doing any rash or negligent act not amounting to culpable homicide shall be punished with the Uh, imprisonment of either description for a term which may extend to five years. That is the class one. But class two is very crucial in the context of research happening, which stipulates that a penalty of up to 10 years in jail and a fine for fleeing an accident spot and failing to report the incident to a police officer or a magistrate. So this law is in addition to the colonial era provision on causing death due to rash or negligent acts under section 304a of the indian penal code and uh, i also add in this context that the widely circulated view that the section 1062 of bharatiya nyay sanhita stipulates an imprisonment up to 10 years and a fine of rupees 7 lakhs or 10 lakh for filling an accident and spot and failing to report the incident to a police officer is is grossly incorrect because this section discusses is a maximum punishment of 10 years and a fine and there is no actual mention in the bharatiya nyay sanhita about a fine being rupees 7 lakhs or uh, you know 10 lakhs so it is only in uh, section 161 of the motor vehicle act Uh, there is some a uh, fine is imposed but that is to be recovered by way of compensation and that amount is also capped up to rupees 2 lakhs so it is in this context i wish to dispel uh, this uh, confusion 
Tell us, Professor, India has one of the highest number of accident deaths globally. In 2022 alone, we had 4,60,000 road accidents and of these hit and runs were 67,000. Was there a need for a new law that specifically tackled hit and run cases on our roads? Yes, certainly, because the new law comes in the backdrop of, uh, you know, concerning figures related to road accidents in India. In 2022, India registered the highest count of road crash fatalities, exceeding 1.68 lakhs deaths. So this unsettling statistics actually translates to an average of uh, 1,462 deaths uh, daily. So the despite a 5% global decrease in road crash deaths, India witnessed a year-on-year increase of 12% in road accidents and 9.4% in fatalities in the same year. So the country averages 19 deaths due to road accidents every hour, which amounts to nearly one death every three and a half minutes. And with only 1% of the world's vehicles, uh, India accounts for about 10% of crash-related deaths and incurs an economic loss of 5 to 7% of its GDP annually due to road accident. So the implementation of this law at this stage actually would encourage the drivers to exercise you know, a lot of caution. But the second part of your question uh, is such where I would say all penal laws carry with them certain justification for punishment. So the side of the coin seeking stringency uh, in stringency in punishment appears to actually lie in an expressive function of the law which wants to deter drivers from engaging in rash and negligent driving and that uh, may lead to that. On the other side, however, the intent is to punish an offender in the event that they attempt to escape the law after causing deaths due to rash or negligent driving. So here the law creates a positive obligation on the part of the offender to report such an accident to the police or magistrate. There are also provisions to criminalize the omission in the performance of such a duty elsewhere also. But uh, the imposition of this legal duty clearly arises from a legislative intent to enforce moral responsibility on the part of offenders towards the victim of a road accident. Such conversion of moral responsibility into a legal duty is not new to uh, cases pertaining to motor vehicle accident. So, for instance, uh, Section 134 of Motor Vehicle Acts 1988 requires the driver of the vehicle to take all responsible steps to secure medical attention for the injured person unless it is not practicable on account of more fury or any other reason beyond his control. So, additionally, in the event of uh, an accident, the new legislation ensures that victims received prompt assistance attributed to the reduced penalties for such you know, incidents. So the rationale behind this approach is the belief that individual, uh, individuals who cause harm unintentionally have a responsibility to assist the victim. But as you said, this provision is already there in the Motor Vehicles Act. Was there a necessity to bring it into the BNS, sir? Yeah, because BNS gives a wide variety of deaths on account of various acts. So it has been placed in the same chapter where we are placing 
other forms of culpable or non-culpable, you know, uh, forms of. So here, because rash and negligent acts have got some amount of liability, whereas motor motor vehicle act is merely of regulatory nature. Here, the Indian Penal Code comes with uh, so now VNS. It comes with a certain degree of punitive responsibility. So idea has been to make it more deterrent and make the obligations more clear and plausible on the part of doers. So that is the idea. Let's talk a little bit about what you just said, sir. One of the reasons, one of the things you talked about was that in some particular cases in where the drivers cannot take the victims to a hospital or get them medical aid in case of like a mob fury. This was one of the contentions of the truck drivers who launched the protests at the beginning of this year, is that even if they want to take the victim, they're often afraid of mob violence. And in addition, they say no matter whose fault it is, invariably the bigger vehicle gets the case registered against it. Are these valid concerns? I would say the truckers' concerns are not unfounded. As the instances of uh, mob violence are also quite frequent in various parts of the country in such situations. So truck drivers often flee accident scenes due to the fear of mob violence rather than choice highlighting a compulsion driven by self-preservation. So I would say effective enforcement against Mob violence remains challenging due to difficulties in apprehending the culprits, often, you know, uh, prompted by operational and, you know, socio-political factors. But the law's principle is to deter rash and negligent driving and to punish those who flee the scene without reporting or helping the victim. However, the protest highlight the need for a balance between road safety and the rights of drivers, suggesting a potential revaluation of the law to address these concerns. Talk to us a little bit about the conditions themselves. We in India, we know that in on many stretches, the roads are bad. There are factors such as poor lighting, faulty road design, and in many cases also road rules that are broken by both drivers as well as pedestrians and other motorists. So does do these factors need to be taken into account when devising penalties? Do we need a graded system for penalties? Should there be a differentiation between causing an injury and causing a death? Yeah, it's uh, quite correct because the way forward is to actually revisit and reconcile these two clauses of the law where we are putting the liabilities on the drivers uh, so that more than 35 lakhs truck drivers in the country are not treated unfairly apart from individual vehicle drivers because I want to actually clarify that these laws do not apply alone to the uh, truck drivers. They are also applicable to the individual vehicle drivers. And for instance, an exception has been made under 1061 of the Bharti and Nyaya Sahinta for doctors in the event of rash or negligent acts, where the punishment will be up to two years with a fine in case they indulge into any act which is finally found to be rash or negligent. So this there is a limited categorization of this sort, where in the former category you have doctors, in the later categories you have other persons. 
So this categorization is actually problematic uh, in, from the lenses of law and its uh, principles because it is against the principles of equality as the liability of a wide variety of people working in other sectors also need to be moderated. And section 106 subclass 2 is particularly contested and protested by drivers and this section has the scope to be revisited. I very clearly put it. This section does not differentiate between rash and negligent driving also. These are two separate types. So in order to provide a graded liability, graded liability depending on the severity of engagement and indulgence, and then we can probably moderate the punishment in a commensurate manner based on the degree of liability. So the acts of rash driving and negligent driving must be separated and placed under different degrees of liability so that all incidents of this nature are not bracketed into one, causing prejudice to the actors. And this determination of actors' liability in the eyes of law has to consider a lot of contributory factors as you were putting in this question about the road condition and all those things. Those are the contributory factors when we talk about the negligent acts such as behavior of the commuters. So behavior of the commuters are road conditions, lighting on the road and all those factors are a kind of contributory factors. So this negligence is contributory negligence in the light of all these factors that we have. So in such a situation, the applicability of one clause fitting to all categories will serve as a prejudice against drivers in different circumstances. Professor, talk to us about another factor. One of the other contentions of the protesting drivers was that the entire process, when you go to report a case in India, actually any case, the entire process from the registering the complaint at the police station to the whole legal process in itself can sometimes take years. How do these cases generally progress in court and what are the kinds of judgments that are generally given? Yes, the, uh, you know, the judicial trend and outlook of Indian courts in cases of hit and run can be seen by certain judgments. So like, for instance, Sanjeev Nanda versus State in 2009, Alistair Anthony Pereira versus the State of Maharashtra in 2012, and Shilpa Mittal versus the State of NCT of Delhi 2020. These cases reflect a complex interplay of legal principles, judicial discretion, and evolving societal norm regarding road safety and accountability. So the judicial outlook in cases of hit and run in India reflects a nuanced understanding of the multifaceted nature of road accidents involving negligence rash driving, influence of alcohol. So courts have shown a tendency to adapt their interpretation and ruling to not only the specific facts of each case, but also the broader public interest in road safety and justice for victims. So the judiciary's approach suggests an ongoing effort to balance the principles of punishment, deterrence, rehabilitation, within the legal framework governing the traffic offenses, emphasizing the importance of accountability and responsible driving. Couple of things in the context of court procedure 
you know, can be definitely looked at. So, for instance, the severity of offense and judicial discretion. Supreme Court's decision in Sanjeev Nanda case illustrates a judicial discretion in determining the applicability of legal provisions based on the circumstances of the cases. So, circumstances of cases also become vital in terms of determining the liability. So, similarly, the alcohol influence in the case of Sanjeev Nanda and Alistair Anthony, they highlight the judiciary's stern stance. If the driver is drunk, then probably the strict liability imposition will be there. And punishment, in most cases, the court wants it to be a deterrence. And therefore, you will see the judiciary appears to prioritize the need for stringent penalties in cases resulting in fatalities to send a clear signal uh, regarding the consequence. And lastly, the victim support has emerged very important feature because ultimately there is an innocent person being run down. So judicial decisions have increasingly emphasized the compensation for victims or their family as a critical component of the verdicts in hit and run cases. So I would say that uh, the delay and court processing, of course, take time. But this entire law is evolving to provide a road safety system, a victim support system, a compensatory arrangement to assist the victims of crime. So this is important. Let's talk a little bit about the compensatory mechanism, uh, Professor. What is fair and what is how is it done? Uh, how how should it be done? The compensation mechanism. If the court determines that the uh, that the per, the driver was at fault, should it be entirely taken? Uh, should they be responsible for the compensation? Should the state be responsible? How does it work? So, actually, there are two types of responsibilities which are generally incurred by the driver in such cases. One is there is a civil liability, which is the part of Motor Vehicle Act, which I have mentioned earlier in this talk. In that case, the compensation is recoverable from the doer. I mean, the uh, person who commits the accident. So a part of our whole of it, depending on the capability of the doer, that would be recoverable from them and to be paid as an amount of compensation as may be decided and fixed by the court in its final decision. That is one. Second, in the Bharti Nyaya Sahinta, these acts have been treated under the category of offenses and they are coming along with some amount of fine as I have mentioned and this fine is something which is imposed and there is a liability on the part of the state also and sometimes it is if it is a fine so it is recoverable from the individual also so this fine will go to as a matter of compensation in motor vehicle act the state compensation arrangement is more predominant the court if the doer is not in a position to pay probably the state have to go there are tribunals who would decide about the quantum of punishment and there is a system of filing the application and determination of compensation and finally the order of compensation is made. Tell us a little bit about how hit and run cases are governed in other countries, Professor. How does this generally work abroad? Yes, so I think uh, as I have mentioned, this problem is recurrent in all important countries and everywhere. So all the countries have developed over a period of time certain mechanisms which is very, very vital and 
you know, crucial in the sense that in the United Kingdom, the hit and run is considered to be a serious offence. So offence imposes a maximum penalty of prison sentence of some 14 years uh, and unlimited fine. Besides, the driver is disqualified from driving for a minimum period of two years. And similarly, if you see in Canada, the person could face, in such cases, a maximum prison term of 10 years along with fine and all other kinds of restriction. In the U.S., the penalty for hit and run cases depend on the state laws and severity of the accident. So a person could face misdemeanor or felony charges typically resulting in significant jail time and a fine up to uh, you know, uh, some $20,000, which is roughly 16 lakhs in Indian currency. Besides, there is a suspension of driver's license is also very common. And in France, similarly, the 30,000 euro and a jail term of two years. In Australia, you will see that the fine up to 1,500 Australian dollars with 10 years of imprisonment. So invariably you will find there, there are stern punishments along with fine which are imposed because road safety is capped on the top of the people's life and their agenda. So in all such countries you will find that there is a clear-cut system of imposing strict penalties in the event of rash and negligent driving. We don't have a system of the suspension of license, Professor? Yeah, that is a very strange thing. So, generally it is not provided in the law as I can read in both the laws. However, I would say if the court decides in case-to-case basis where they found that the driver doesn't deserve to be uh, fit to be a driver, in that case, courts probably uh, can direct as a part of their verdict to suspend the license and the licensing authority can be directed to do so. But as a matter of law, it has not been laid down, as I can see in India. So in conclusion, you would say that like there was a necessity to bring in this law due to the high number of accidents we face, but the provisions could be re-looked at to make sure that drivers don't get an unfair deal? Yeah, that is the objective of the law. Law should be very equitable and should be capable of uh, understanding and incorporating those factors and conditions which are crucial, especially in the determination of liability. So, as I have mentioned, there can be a system of graded liability. Your liability in such cases cannot be simply one that the person died, so the driver is fully responsible. What are the contributory factors? Those mitigating factors can be very, very crucial so that both the parties should meet uh, a proper fair deal in the in the enforcement of these important laws. Thank you so much for speaking to us today, Professor Bajpai. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for in focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon.